Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, you guys, welcome to our first interview of 2019. I hope you loved last week's episode where we went through 30 weeks and 30 changes that we can all make this year. And I'm super excited to do this work alongside you guys. So if you haven't checked out that episode, make sure to at least check out the show notes because there's a guide that goes with it. And when you get the guide, you will also get prompted to remember your change each week and I will be doing them with you and we can talk over on social media and it can just be a great accountability moment for all of us because when I have to show up, it makes me do the work too. So I'm so excited for these challenges. This week, I have written out my five-year plan. It feels so good to do that. And it's interesting because I'm going to come clean a little bit. So part of my planning process in December, I just took some quiet time in that holiday week. My husband was home. It's a time I really love to reflect. If you guys are new, maybe you didn't hear that in December. If you guys have been listening for a while, you're like, yeah, Mia, we know. So during that time, I got really clear about the content on Plan Simple for 2019. Um, I just got clear on what I wanted personally and in my relationships and with money and all those things, all those good juicy things and what steps I could take to make those things happen. And one of the things I decided is that we're definitely going to take a step backwards with the podcast and go back to, for the most part, one episode a week, unless there's something really juicy. And then of course we'll be here twice. And, but not three times and not every week, three times. And that every month we're going to have more of a topic. It's going to be a little bit more topical. And every month we'll also have a guide so that you can take what you've learned from a series of interviews and really put it to action. Because as you guys know, I'm all about action and I've come to love making guides, guides that help you make a plan. So that is all what we're going to experiment with for the first couple months of 2019. And I think it's going to go just fabulously and hit all the way through 2019. So look forward to that. And the reason I'm telling you all this right now is because our first topic is really about tidying up. I always have this big instinct in January to clean up my house, clean out my house, get everything in its place. And that makes me feel like I'm ready for this new year. I know it's a strange time of year to think about this. Everyone thinks of tidying up as a spring thing, but I really feel it now. And because I've, you know, asked my community a bunch, I realized that I'm not the only one who doesn't feel like they can just ramp up and run out the door with their resolutions in January. So I'm hoping you resonate with that a little bit. So I have some home tidying up experts coming on in the next couple of weeks, just how to get a little bit more minimal, how to tap into this art of feng shui, what happens um, if you tap into the Marie Kondo method. And then we have a guide to really help you unpack all these things so that you can actually tidy up your own home. 
And you can see a little bit real life of this because I will be sharing that in Instagram stories as well. I have officially cleaned out my closet. I have been taking out a bag a day, which sounds really weird because actually if you walk into my house, you're like, Mia, you don't have that much stuff. But it's just amazing with five people in a home, art projects, just what we end up keeping. And so I'm really just trying to keep stuff I love, but more about that in coming weeks. Anyway, this week, I remembered that I had recorded a podcast with the amazing Jill Hope, and it didn't really fit in as I was thinking about tidying up. But in the end, I've made it work because I think it's really timely and really important that we listen to it this week. And it's actually about tidying up our mindset almost. And our mindset as it pertains to us as moms and our passion that we might bring to the world that's above and beyond our role as mother. And also tidying up some of our parenting habits and what that means in Jill's eye. So I actually feel like this very much bridges what was last week's podcast about all these things that we're going to start envisioning in our lives and how we're going to start moving toward those. And it it just, it beautifully ties together the two things because we can tidy up our home, but we also have to tidy up, as you know, our mind and our body and our soul and all these other things, which we'll keep getting into as the year unfolds. Don't worry. So Jill Hope is this amazing person, and her life mission is to help busy moms and their kids create clarity, fulfillment, passion, and purpose. And she's going to tell us a little bit about that today, which I'm super excited about. And I met Jill in this really weird way, which I think I go into a bit in this episode, but she was one of the first coaches that I ever met online, I guess. She was one of the, well, really ever, because I didn't really understand what coaching was 10 years ago. I think I met her about nine years ago. And somehow she ended up in my inbox. I explained how in the end of the episode. And she was offering this hour-long session to help people with what she talks about, or help moms with what she will go in a little bit today um, of finding their passion. And it was at a time when I had just cleaned up my diet and I just knew, I knew that there was more to life than what was happening at that moment. I was really loving being a mom again. I was loving being a wife. I was loving my work again because I had all this new energy from food, but there was something I couldn't pinpoint. And on a day where I was really reflecting on this, Jill's email popped into my inbox. And I remember that I was on the phone with her, actually, you know, it was in this juggle of life as we do with kids. And I had dropped my two of my kids off at horseback riding camp, which isn't so near our house because we don't live in an area with big pastures. So I had driven a half an hour to this camp and it was only like two and a half hours long. So I had found a nearby library And I had, it was summer and I had put my headset in and I was doing this call sitting in the sun at a picnic table outside a library, a half an hour away from my home. And she just took me through this series of questions of getting out of me all these things that I was passionate about and I want to create. And then she had me follow up and put that into sort of an organized outline that organized it into five categories and I would slip all the other things on the list as bullet points under those categories. And it took up two pieces of paper and you guys, 
nine years later. And what I did was I folded this paper in half and it sort of sits inside my journal. And every time I start a new journal, for whatever reason, I take this little set of paper and I put it into the new journal. And I don't look at it that often, although, you know, I'll open it and be like, oh yeah, that wonderful work with Jill. And about once a year, I'll actually read it. And it's just amazing what has happened. So this was pre me even starting a blog. I had gotten into the idea of eating well myself. I don't even know that I had gotten to the point where I had brought my kids on board yet. And I envisioned becoming a best-selling author. I envisioned making objects, you know, beautiful objects that people would like. You know, they were a little, I think in my head at the time, they weren't quite the planner, but that is what I wrote down. Objects, you know, that make the world a better place, a healthier place. Um, I wrote down all sorts of stuff around family and kids, and it's just amazing what has happened. And there's still things on that list that are still going to come, but it just, it's so interesting. And And none of those things were really goals at that point. None of those things were things that I saw. And over the years, they've all happened. So I love her. I love her process. And in this episode, we talk a bunch about her work as it pertains to raising girls. I actually thought to have her on after I did the episode with Michael Thompson because I really wanted to get the uh, someone who was thinking about daughters because he was really thinking about boys in that episode. Um, and I love her perspective on that because it really causes us to look at ourselves. And then we get into this passion part at the end. And what I want to tell you also is that she is hosting a challenge. It is coming up on January 28th. And I want you guys to go look at the show notes and go find the link to the challenge and join it with me. It's on January 28th. There's, I made an image for the challenge. There's also, that's the first link in the link section on this podcast and join us. And this, what the work that she does in this challenge is a precursor to this outline that I created. And I'm super excited to see how that unfolds for you guys. So come join me in that challenge on January 28th, but I mean, go sign up now so that you remember it and put it into your calendar. All right. So I think that that is, oh, I know I have one other thing I want to share with you. This episode was a bit of a challenge to record. Jill lives, I think in outside of Chicago and her internet connection was not having the best ever moment when we were recording. So we kept trying and it kept going out and we've edited it But I have to say, as an interviewer, it was really hard for it to go in and out. So I felt a little bit off my game and maybe repeated myself. And then every once in a while, we didn't quite um, start where we had left off. So we have edited it so that it makes as much sense as it can. But just know that that's what was going on. But I didn't want to hold back this info because some of it is so juicy and so good. And I want you guys to hear it. All right, you guys, with no further ado, let's get Jill on the show. Hi, Jill. I'm so excited to have you on the Plan Simple podcast. Well, thank you so much, Mia. I am really excited to be here and talk to you today. All right. So I feel like I have like a thousand topics that I want to talk to you about, but let's dive in just letting our listeners hear from you a little bit about your story and why you're so passionate about girls and women. Yeah, well, you know, it was interesting because I have a son, 
So um, it's kind of interesting that I sort of went into this path of, of the girl stuff. But what happened, it was really my clients that sort of led me to um, really having a strong interest in supporting girls. There was a summer where I, for some reason, I had um, a number of different families that I was supporting who happened to all have girls in that sort of pre you know, that tween sort of uh, 11, 12, 13 year age. And they all were having the same issues. None of them knew each other, but they were all talking to me about um, struggling. Their girls were struggling to fit in, feel like they fit in. Um, Didn't really feel like they had a lot of good friends, sort of felt like they had to conform themselves a little bit in order to fit in with other girls or even like they were on the outside looking in. And I even had one girl who was just outright being bullied. Mm. And I looked at it, it suddenly hit me that this is, you know, why is this? Because again, I had a boy. I, I just, and I didn't have these challenges as a, as a young, you know, middle school girl. It just, oh, I, so interesting. I That's what I was wondering. I was wondering if you had a backstory. <laughs> I love that. No, that's, no, I mean, I always felt really shy but I always seem to have friends and I like I, everything. I didn't have those issues. So it is interesting how I ended up here, but I was seeing my clients struggling with this issue. And over that summer, I was working with them just in different ways, but I saw them all have dramatic, like one eight is one eighty. Is that the right? Like yeah. complete opposite results um, just over the summer. And so I thought, what is going on here? So I put a poll out to my community, my iShine community, just asking a few key questions about parents of girls. Like, are, like, are you seeing these challenges? What are your biggest concerns? And I think they say something like a good survey result is if you get back at least 20%. Yeah. 40% of my community responded. Wow. And oh, it was, I was floored and they were all saying the same things that my clients had experienced over the summer. So I knew right there that A, this is a huge problem and B, I have a solution because it worked for these, these other people I was working with over the summer. All right. I love that. And so then I have, now I have two questions because I kind of feel like maybe the same thing is true that happens sometimes with wellness, which is the field that I mostly operate in, which is I feel like sometimes people don't know how it could be So can you kind of explain what it looks like or feels like to have an empowered girl? So like, what does the other side look like? Just because I feel like we put up with so much stuff. Yeah, that's such a good point because we are trained and conditioned to settle in our lives. Uh, So when we try to justify that, you know, it's okay when really it's not. So what it looks like, if you have a daughter who is empowered in her life, number one, she makes decisions based on how she feels. Mm. She follows her, like her passion and her joy. She actually knows what she's passionate about um, because she's really connected to who she actually is. Um, She is not afraid to take risks, healthy risks, you know, like try out for the play and, you know, try to become first chair and band or, you know, whatever it may be, but she will take that step out. She has enough confidence in who she is that she's not as afraid. Like you think about what other people think, 
but it's not going to stop her. Right. All right. I love that. And yeah. And, and, and so then what is it, what were some of the behaviors that people were pointing to that they were finding in, in the opposite, like before they found that for their girls? They were having daughters that were coming home and crying after school. Um, observing that nobody calls my daughter. She doesn't seem to go anywhere. She sits at home a lot. She doesn't really seem like she's happy in her life. Mm. Um, yeah, th- those are those are really the big ones. Is just this sort of and this feeling that what a lot of the parents tell me is um, they I attract a lot of parents who feel their daughter is sensitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're you know it's the sensitive girl who like the empath you know she feels a lot. And a lot of parents don't really know how to deal with that and don't know how to support their daughter through that. And, um, and, and they see, they observe a shy child and they, and they equate that as being bad or wrong or, um, you know, not what they want to nurture. Interesting. It's funny. Cause I did not get that in <laughs> my daughters, but I was that. So I totally relate. Um, so, okay. So can we go, th- well, you know what, before we go through a little bit of what, like some of the, what you would recommend doing in that case, or what you can share about that, what is the difference between boys and girls? Like, why are we having separate conversations? Well, you know, girls, I, I think the biggest thing that really needs to happen, and I'm not the only one who thinks this, I mean, this is not like some I'm not going to come out with some huge statement that's never been heard before (laughs) or said, (laughs) but really what we need to wake up to all of us, boys, girls, men, women is our inherent divine feminine energy. Right. And you know, that, that has been suppressed for centuries. Um, And you know, it's, and, and it's not having a good effect on boys either. The fact that that is being suppressed in boys I, I don't see that. I mean, I have always nurtured my, my son's divine feminine <laughs> and he's a very masculine kid, but like, I know that he, you need both to, to really yeah. be happy in your life. Um, so, so, you know, boy, boys are very much kind of, and, and I'm not a boy expert, even though, but I have one, right? So right. boys just, uh, we don't allow them to really have their feelings. Right. Um, you know, and, and girls, we sort of don't, we don't make it okay for them to be, you know, what, to do whatever they want to do, basically. Right. You know, we, we pigeonhole, we pigeonhole both of them. And so they, they cannot fully express who they really are and who they're really here to be. Um, right. I guess that's more of what they have in common than what they have different. Got it. Um, but, but girls are very much, uh, expected to be a certain way with their friends. And they also, girls believe that if they're not um, in, the, in the club, in the group, yes. uh, that something's wrong with them. Yes. And that somehow they are less than. Got it. All right. So can we throw out, can, can you give us some of the secrets that these amazing women went through that summer? Can you give us some tidbits of how maybe we could help our girls show up in yeah. that better way? <laughs> 
Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the most, and it really comes down to as much as parents don't want to hear that, it's all about who we're being as the parent. Yes. Um, 100%. 100% agree. So it's really about looking at yourself and your own wounding. So what I recommend parents to do is whatever issue they are noticing with their daughter, okay, if it's that she's not fitting in, if it's that you know, she, she wants to be hanging out with friends, but there don't, don't ever seem to be any friends for her to hang out with. It's the parent self-reflecting on where have I felt this way in my own life? What, you know, what would I have to be believing that would have this be true for my daughter right now, that she's not fitting in with her peers? And Uncovering that is a huge key in turning it around. So that's what the parents did who I worked with that summer. We, you know, I, they worked with me and we got to the bottom of it. And, and for people listening to this, they might be thinking, well, how am I ever going to figure that out? It's actually super easy. Once you ask the question, your subconscious will serve up the answer. I you love just need that. to ask the right. Yeah. Ask the right question and give yourself time and space to hear the answer, right? <laughs> exactly. Yes, I'm glad you said that. That is the other part. Yeah. Okay. So I was. So I experienced that. You know, by that I have three kids and I have a son and then two girls. And you know, for the past maybe five or six years, I've been doing a lot of the work that you just explained. But it's so interesting to me that really by the time it's to my third, I think I might've even, I think even before I really was doing the work, you just do some of the work, right? Cause by the time you get down to the third, cause you're having to look at yourself in different ways. And it's so interesting how I do show up differently, you know, the, to the third than I did to the first and what a difference that makes in her experience. All right. So I just feel like, I guess my next question is if if a mom is, has had this experience in her childhood where something wasn't quite right in her relationships, right? So, so that's how in your teachings, she's gotten to this point where now maybe her daughter's having a similar experience. So if that's true, I feel like then what we think is that this is the way it is and that's why we've come to accept it. So how do we how do we turn that around? How do we come to believe that it even can be better if all the proof we have in our life is otherwise? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, and that's a really good question. And if this is where, you know, if you want to make a positive change in your life, there is an element of trust right. that you have to have to be able to, to do anything different, Right. So it, it is, a, you know, I, I, what I ask my clients to do is, is just to have a little bit of trust and some faith and, some, and a vision of what you want. And, and that's really all you need is a vision of what you want. It really doesn't matter what has happened to us in the past. So, and, and most of the people that come to me, that, yeah, they can cultivate a vision of what they would like to see. And if, if that's hard for someone to do, the question is, okay, what are all the things that you don't like that are happening now? And then we look at what, what the opposite of that would be, because that is basically going to form the vision. Right. I love that. And that's sometimes a helpful way. I feel like as moms, we get into this such a weird predicament of just not letting ourselves want, right? Like just 
serving so deeply our spouses and our kids and our communities and all these different areas that we operate. And it's so easy to lose sight of that. But I found I could find it pretty easily once I just gave myself that the permission almost. Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny because sometimes we need someone else to give us permission too, yes. I have found. Yeah. So that's what you're doing today. <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So everyone here, Jill and Mia, you have permission. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. okay. So, so you're, you start to, will you go a little bit further in that, in that process of, of people turning that around and, and what that starts to look like? Maybe even some examples. Yeah, so so we start with the question. Okay, so what what would I have to be believing for this to be showing up in my life for my daughter to be experiencing this now? And like my all-time favorite example because it's just so dramatic, but then but people can really see is um in that summer where I was working with these families, I was working with a mom and she had a 12 or 13-year-old daughter at the time. And this poor girl was, not only did she not fit in with her peers, but all of the girls, except for one, completely ignored her. Like, mm. wouldn't say hello to her, wouldn't look at her, just acted like she wasn't there, except for one girl. And that one girl was day in and day out verbally bullying her. Mm. And she had told me that, you know, we've talked to the teachers, we've talked to um, the administrators, we've talked to the school counselor, I've even called some of the moms, she said, people that she was friends with, some of the parents of these other girls, and she got nowhere. And that's very typical. I, I hear that all the time, that you don't make progress if you call like the other moms, but you know. Right. So. What, <laughs> that's a hard one. So, that, it's a tough one. And it's, it's, yeah, so like, I just recommend don't even go there because yeah. it'll be very frustrating yeah. with the outcome. So, um, so this is all what was happening. So she, so I said to her, I asked her the one important question, which was, okay, so how were things when you were growing up and you were in middle school and high school, did you have friends? And her knee jerk reaction was, Oh yeah, I had friends. And then she got very quiet. And she said, no, wait a minute. Now that I think about it, I remember thinking that the girls were kind of mean. And so I just hung out with the boys. Mm. I really didn't get involved with the girls. I said, oh, isn't that interesting that you had sort of had a belief that the school girls were mean? Do you suppose there's any chance that, you know, if you believe that, that that could be playing into what's going on with your daughter? that in fact, all of the girls in her peer group at school are mean. And all she needed was just a little bit of um, openness to that being a possibility. She didn't even have to fully believe it or buy into it. She just needed to be open to the, to the possibility that there could be a link, and she was. Mm, I love that. That's awesome. So... So I, I, what I love most is that it's in our hands because those conversations with other moms are, are not fun. <laughs> and right. it's interesting because – so my kids have had the privilege of going to this amazing school called Waldorf. I, think, I don't know if you guys have that where you are. They're all over oh, the yeah. country. But um, it's interesting because a lot of 
this is thought through in the education, which I'm so, so grateful for. And one of the things that was told to us pretty much in all of my kids' classes is just to remember that the kids are good. Like kids aren't bad. (laughs) You know, like so often we come home and we're like, blah, 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 did blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we get behind that anger as parents and, you know, I guess dig up all these limiting beliefs that we have from when we were little. And it's really helped me just to realize that like all kids are good. Like they're just, they're stuck in their own, you know, upbringing and and the habits of their family and what they've brought forth. And that's just been a really helpful thing as I sort of, you know, navigate all this with my, with my kids, which I love. Yes, I love that you said that. And, you know, I believe as well that not only are all kids good, but I believe that everyone is good and everyone's just trying to do the best they can do can do and be the best they can be. It's just that we all have a lot of conditioning yeah. that gets in the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, do we have a lot of conditioning. Um, and then it gets to be our turn, right? Like, and I feel like this is another area where, you know, maybe we don't have girls or maybe somehow we get girls that are just innately okay. (laughs) Yet I still feel like there's so many women and moms who lose themselves in this process of parenting and mothering and caring. And it's like, it's so interesting to me because now my kids are you know, I have high school and middle school and, and a 10 year old. And so, you know, they're getting older in the grand scheme of things. I, I now have no illusions because it feels so different from when they were little, but I know there's a long way to go. Um, but it's so interesting to me how, how I've tapped into my passions over, over, over time and how that reflects back on, on my kids. And I, a lot of times, you know, I lead groups of women around making space for themselves and planning, you know, everything from family to food to their work so that there are these quiet times to do the kind of work that you're doing. And, and it's so often, it's hard for women to find that passion. It's hard for them to tap into what they feel their purpose is because they've lost it in all this serving. And it's like, we have babies and then we have these school age kids and we're so involved. And then at some point, I feel like as our kids get older, then all of a sudden, maybe our parents kick into being the people that we have to care for. And so it's kind of never ending. So you kind of have to find a way to tap into all that despite, right? Despite all these other things that you're caring for. And I know that's the other part of your work. So will you tell us a little bit about that part and, and how, how anyone who's listening, who's really like, gosh, I don't, I don't really know if I have a purpose. Like, what would you tell them? Well, first of all, everybody is here because they have a purpose and no, for most people, no, your purpose is not raising your kids. <laughs> it is a part of your purpose. Sure. It's not the whole purpose. Right. So, you know, cause that part of the purpose is pretty much done when they're, they're 18 and you've got a much greater life than just 18 years. And, and I'm not trying to minimize it. I mean, I adore my child. I love being a mother. However, that's not all I'm here to do. Right. And nor, Nor does your child to... way before 18 want that to be the only thing you do, right? Like, I mean, that starts way earlier. Like, they, they would go crazy if it was the only thing we did because we'd be on top of them. 
I mean, my son, from the age of, like, from third grade, he's telling me, Mom, you know, like, get a life, Mom. You know, like, you need to, well, unfortunately, I had another life, because I started my business when he was uh, much younger than that, but, um, no, so, so you do have a purpose. Yeah. Everyone has a purpose. So that's, that's a BS, BS line, okay? Um, Don't, don't buy into that. So number one, you've got a purpose, but yeah, we're so, we bury who we really are. Really, who you authentically are is buried under shoulds and conditioning and limiting beliefs. And that's a lot of stuff to get out of the way to actually see, well, what am I passionate about? And, and what does light me up? And that's why a lot of moms, you know, it's, it's women more than men that, that are afflicted with this, where they just, they are not connect. They don't even know. You ask a woman, what lights you up and they can't tell you so many of them can't tell you yeah because it's buried it's there but it's buried yeah all right so what does what does she do what does the buried woman do what's her next step well we really need to look at what is like we we want to start digging in <laughs> we want we want to get through that stuff so we look at like what is that stuff and, you know, a lot of people are, are afraid sometimes to see what this stuff is. Um, but it's like I was telling a client of mine um, not too long ago, actually. It's, you know, when you're little and you've got your closet and, and you might think, oh, there's a, there's a witch. My, my sister used to always be afraid of witches. Like, there's a witch in there and I'm, I'm afraid. And you, it's like you see something of this figure in your closet and so you never want to look, look back there because – you're afraid there's some kind of monster back there. But if you would just flip the light on and you're like, oh, that's just that old dress I have. Oh, my gosh. Like all the yeah. time I was worried about it. And like when you turn the light on, it, it's, it's actually not scary. It's like, oh, my gosh, is that all it is? I can handle that. <laughs> I love that so, analogy. Yeah, it's, it's fun. And, and so, you know, so really it's about starting to see, okay, who, what is the identity that was given to me? And what parts of that do I like? And what parts of that don't really feel like me that I've just kind of adopted and worn, but like, that's not really who I am. So it's, again, it's a lot of important, like key questions that I'll ask someone to start to see. Um, And then they make a decision. This is all about turning the light on and making choices informed choices from a point of a new awareness. I love that. All right. So now it's time to come clean. So everyone listening, I, so I think it was, so the beginning of my story was, uh, so my daughter's about to be 10. So it was nine years ago. You know, I had a successful graphic design business locally here in in Boston, Massachusetts. I had scaled it pretty big. I had all three kids while operating this office. And I thought it was fantastic because I had a babysitter and I would nurse in the office and all this stuff. But the one thing was, (laughs) the one big thing was that in my first pregnancy, I had gained 85 pounds with my son and I had never lost it because I had all three kids in five years. And so this one day I decided and listeners who've been here for a long time know this story well, I decided that 
I was miserable. Like I, I didn't understand how I had this company. I had bought a condo. I had three kids, which was my dream. I actually married my high school sweetheart. Like I literally had checked off every freaking box I had ever had in my life. And the only like tangible thing I could figure out was that I had this weight on me. So I just drew a line in the sand and was like, I'm going to lose the weight. And then of course, as you know, Jill, what starts to happen is people appear in your life who are going to help you with this. So this lovely yoga teacher appeared in my life. She helped me. She gave me this plan. And I tell people the weight just melted away because it really didn't have to do with that. And I ate the same thing for um, way longer than I want to admit, like six months because I had no idea how to cook. And I just had this goal. And the thing is, is when I changed my food, it was like years of therapy. I, I just, it changed everything for me. And it took away all these medicines I was on and it was amazing. And so six months in, this is where Jill comes in. Um, I met, I Googled because I got so sick of what I was eating and I Googled like um, vegan food classes, Boston. And nothing came up and I kept sort of doing it. And it's funny, I remember Googling for like three days in a row and I don't even know how, I don't understand Google to this day, but every time you search or when you search on different browsers, it always seems to be a little bit different. And so on the third day, the top person was this woman named Nina Mandelson, who's been on the show and is a very good friend. And she was having a cooking class that Sunday. Like I Googled it on a Thursday. She was having a class on Sunday. So I signed up, I went and she sort of started my journey and opened up my eyes to this whole world that existed. And Jill, you're, you were a friend of hers at the time. I don't know if you guys still talk, but I know that she told me to look you up. So, so that led me to Jill. And that is like, it's so amazing to me how, how these experiences really lead to each other. And at the time, I didn't know there was any more purpose. And I think all those dreams that I had created had to do with like all the bad, you know, all the things in childhood of me trying to be the same, right? Like it was magazines and I was checking off boxes that weren't my boxes. And it was in that sort of time when I started meeting people like Jill and Nina and all, all these people that came into my life that I started realizing that there was more. And Jill, did you say this? I have this piece of paper that says on the top, whenever you are faced with a choice, decision, or opportunity, choose in favor of your passions. Is that you? Well, it, it, I shared that with you. That actually comes from Janet Atwood, Chris and Janet Atwood, who have um, this uh, best-selling book called The Passion Test. Got it. Um, yes, and that's that a process book. that I use with clients. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't even know like what happened when I met you, but uh, somehow we ended up on an hour long phone call at that beginning part. And I, when I, before I hopped on our interview today, um, and I was dying to get Jill on because we had Michael Thompson on in the summer and he talked a lot about boys and I really wanted the same version for girls. And it's funny how different you guys are because <laughs> I like this solution better, but sh um, so um, so anyway, Jill helped me really put out like what my really organize, I guess, was a better word, my passions. And this was like before any of this had started. I still owned a design company and I wrote things like I will have a successful blog about tricks for a healthy family. And that's like unreal to me because who would have known? Like I had this podcast and I have a super successful blog. Like these were just all things that were like just like how you're saying that were in me and I just needed to find. 
Um, it's funny reading because some of the things were so specific to having babies and they just sort of outgrow those. But I, I wrote down that I wanted to have a best-selling book. That's happened twice. Um, I wrote down that I wanted to have products that support healthy families. And I didn't necessarily list the right products, but you know, we came out with a planner. So I listed other things. So it's, it's so interesting how just writing this stuff down. Um, like, I don't, I don't even know that I reviewed it all the time. It just happens. <laughs> Tell us about that. You know, and that's, well, that's the magical thing is, you know, that it's almost better that you didn't review it all the time because then you're attached. Right. You know, and there's, like we do push things away when we're attached to them. So um, you had the the consciousness to identify them, which is huge, and most people don't do that. And that's what I just adore helping people to do. So you had that consciousness. You identified those things, and then you sort of let them be there, and you just started making choices in the direction of things that lit you up. Yeah. And little by little, they just kind of start showing up. It's so amazing. So, you know, and the product that I did come out with is a planner. And it's funny because some pe like, pe people have loved it and are loving it. But every once in a while, I get someone who says, you know, well, why would you write anything down? Um, you know, why don't you just use your phone? And to me, the writing of it is so important. And I'm assuming it is to you because I had to write this down for you. Is that still true to you? Yeah, it really is. Um, I write every day pretty much. And it's how I work everything through. It, it all <laughs> happens through writing. Um, I uncovered most crazy um, deep insights by writing stuff down. So yeah, you pull stuff out of your heart and out of your soul when you write it down. Yeah. All right. So to tie it all together, can we just talk a little bit about tolerating? Because I feel like this really ties together your work you do with girls and this work that we can do as thriving women. And it's just this idea of what we, we tolerate. Like, why, why do we do that? And why do we tolerate? Is that just like conditioning that we have as women? I, it's really what I believe it to be is it's tied to your beliefs. It's tied to your core, you know, deeper beliefs. Um, you wouldn't tolerate something if you believed that you could create something else. Mm. So if you're tolerating something in your life, on one level, you've got some kind of a belief that says you can't do it or it's not possible for you. Um, you wouldn't tolerate, this. Uh, let's say, a, a disrespectful relationship from a partner if you yourself believed that you were worthy of being treated with respect. So it, it's really whatever you're tolerating, there's a belief underneath that that you are committed to that is keeping that toleration in your life. And the good news is you can change any belief you want. It's, you have that power. I love that. And, and that you with that power can change so much without involving too many other people who I think when we're in that toleration mode, we're a little bit in blame mode, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, when you blame, you have zero power. Right. And right. You, you start to step into fulfillment. I mean, that's yeah, really that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love that. 
All right. So I hope we have inspired all of our listeners to take steps toward really finding their purpose and getting rid of old limiting beliefs, just even if it's not for you to help your your daughter, if you have a daughter, right? So sometimes I know it's hard for parents to focus on themselves and their own purpose. So I love that Jill has two ways in, right? You can either do it for your daughter or you can do it for yourself. Um, so thank you so much for your time. And you have you give amazing training. So we will put the links to the ones that are coming up. And you're doing a challenge in January. Is that right? That's about your purpose. I- Yes, yes. It's um, it's called, uh, what did I name it? I think it's Passion, Purpose, and Prosperity 7-Day Challenge. And this is where we're really going to kind of crack open some of those things. Like, you know, what are those things that light you up? What does feel purposeful in your life? And the cool thing is, is when you tap into that, you have more prosperity in your life. You, you can't not. They, they just all go together. So... All right, I love this. Yeah. And if and if our listeners are paying attention, like in this holiday season, we're we're serving up ways to feel more um, at ease with food during the holidays. We have somebody sharing how they they freeze stuff starting now, so that during like the Christmas holidays and Hanukkah, they're not cooking. Um, and we have an amazing person who does a journaling program during um, the. 12 nights of Christmas, which aren't religious, but just happen to happen during those days. So I feel like all these things are really going to gear everybody up to then jump into finding their purpose in January, which I hate the notion that we go, go, go. And then all of a sudden in January, we turn on to, you know, what we want. So I'm hoping that everybody embraces all of that. And so thank you so much. Are there any closing words, anything that you want to share with our audience of moms, just as we go back to our everyday life? Well, yeah, the one thing I want to make really clear is that um, for for our girls, just coming back to that for a second, um, and I love how you pointed out that, you know, there's there's two ways in, but, you know, if you notice, there's two paths in, but they both, what they have in common <laughs> is that you looking at some stuff within you. Yeah, yeah. The, the key is that your whole life gets better. And when I say your whole life, I mean, everyone in your family benefits, um, your work environment benefits, everything benefits when you start to let go of the things that weight you down, that have you settling, and that just make your life anything less than massive fulfillment. Every single woman listening to this program right now has the potential inside her to create incredible levels of fulfillment every single day. So, but, but it's up to you making that choice. I can't make that choice for anyone else. Um, only you can make that choice for you. Yeah. And how cool that when we do that, it's not selfish in the way that we've come to believe that word is, but it's actually empowering to everyone around us. That's what's the cool part to me. Yeah. All right. With that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Jill. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I, I love talking about these these concepts and ideas. So thanks for uh, letting me air them. At the end of every episode, I go over three doable changes so that you can take what you heard and put it into action. The idea behind these three changes is that one of them resonates with you. One of them is your next step. You draw a line in the sand and you commit to this thing for a week. 
you have fun with it, you schedule it into your day, you think of new ways to tackle it. And over time, if you try one thing a week, you will cultivate new habits. It is so fun to watch this unfold. So from this episode, Jill shared so much. And here are the three things we came up with. Number one, self-reflect on issues. If you are dealing with the issue with your kids, look to your own experience first. This is such a good doable change to experiment with if you're dealing with anything in the classroom and you've been meaning to talk to those moms, but you haven't gotten the guts yet. You've been meaning to talk to the teacher, but that just feels weird. Start with yourself and ask questions like, where have I felt this way in my own life? What would I have to be believing that would have this be true for my daughter right now? And ask questions. Make space to hear the answers. That's a really important part of this. And see where your experience might be affecting your perception. And as you start to change your perception, you get to watch your daughter flourish. What more could we want? All right, number two, cultivate a vision. Start with a vision of what you want. If that's hard, begin by identifying what is happening that you don't want in your life and then just flip it around. Look at the opposite of that for your vision. Having a vision of what you want is the first step to stopping to settle and beginning to have a life that you truly love, which I can say I'm a work in progress, but I do this process pretty regularly, and it's amazing to see what unfolds. This podcast was probably part of one of those visions. All right, and Jill is hosting a very special challenge that I'm going to actually join. I'm super excited on January 28th. This is a great doable change to do that week because then you'll be guided through it for the whole week. So that's January 28th and go to the show notes at Plan Simple Meals, find Jill's podcast and there's a link right there to sign up for her challenge, which is on January 28th. So go do that and I will see you there. All right. Number three, write it down. Try writing every day as a work way to work through things. You can uncover deep insights and pull stuff literally out of your heart and out of your soul when you write it down. I'm not sure why writing is so magical, but I've been telling y'all for a long time how magical it is, and so have many of our guests. So if you've been dying to really get to the next level in your own emotional well-being, writing is such a good tool, and I highly recommend experimenting with it for a week. All right, you guys, I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple podcast, where we are going to dive into cleaning up, tidying up. I'm super excited for a little series I've got prepared for you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.